Yo. Hey, Cornell. Yo. And we got Skyler. Hey, Skyler. How's it going, man? What is up, guys? All right. Yo. Good evening, everyone. You're tuning in to Get in the Groove uh, Sunday night sit down with Skyler and Robbie. That is me, man. (laughs) Present. And uh, how about you uh, introduce yourself, uh, Robbie? Sure, man. Let the listeners know uh, a little bit about yourself. Well, a lot of bit about. (laughs) A little bit or a lot of bit? A lot lot, lot of little bit. (laughs) A little bit of a lot of bit. Yeah, Yeah. well, my name is Rob. Um, Right now, I'm living down in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, Just moved down here back in October, so probably get into that in a little bit about what the music scene is like down here and some of the awesome things that I've seen since coming down. But um, I'm a guitarist by trade. That's kind of where I started back when I was 12 years old. Uh, my dad got me my first guitar. He was definitely my, my biggest musical influence. Um, uh, kind of raised me on a, <laughs> a lot of metal. So Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, you name it. That's pretty much what I was moshing to when I was five years old. So um, a lot of that resonated with me and kind of stuck with me uh, through the early years. So I joined, joined my first band when I was 14 um, and kind of following the theme. It was like a metal hardcore band. So I think everyone had that phase at some point. Yeah. Um, but I got to play with them do. for about, still do you said? <laughs> yeah. I think we all do on those angry days or gym days, but. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> But uh, no, I had some good times with them. I got to play with them for about five years, um, kind of went through the band. I started out on bass, actually. So no one likes getting that call where it's like, hey, man, I want you to join the band, but it's not on your instrument. But <laughs> that's uh, that's where I kind of learned my first lesson, where it's like be open minded as a musician and like always try to diversify yourself. So, oh, yeah, started playing bass. Um played with warp tour with them a couple times and got to go on some little tours down the east coast so i think that's where i started to really get my first exposure into what it's like to be a musician and what, see uh, some of the struggles what uh what age was that might i ask um that was between the ages of like 14 and 19 that i played with them okay the, um the band was called love you made the butcher named after uh <laughs> um the brady bunch how alice the maid and sam the butcher had a little fling going Mm. um but uh yeah we played played for quite a bit we played probably about three four gigs a week for you know those four or five years so got some good gigs under my belt and met a lot of good people along the way a lot of hours that's good yeah yeah it was a lot of good times um a lot of a lot of questionable times too with the hardcore music comes some of the fighting and stuff but (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine, but it all comes with the territory. So, but uh, so yeah. After after that, um, when I was in college, started playing a little bit more of the mellow stuff and started getting into a lot of more of the acoustic stuff, indie, some folk music, um, and that's when I started playing in my first acoustic project um, with a really good friend, Anna Isachenko. Um, we started just kind of recording some tracks, just her and I. She would sing. Um, I played the guitar and we did that for for a couple years on and off and recorded some good music along the way it was always a really good outlet for just trying to get out some of the stress of going to college (laughs) Um, 
So uh, she was uh, really always a good musical influence in my life. We stuck together over the years and had some other projects along the way. Um, and that's kind of how we got introduced to you, Carnell. So um, yeah. what was it about a year and a half ago, I guess, that we started um, this idea, the Primroses, which was really wanted to try to do uh, some neo soul R&B and a little bit of blues fusion. Um, and things just started kind of lining up and falling in our laps the right way. We met um, we met Robbie Scorga at a, an open mic that we did in Somerville. Um, and through there, everything just, just kind of snowballed. And we got introduced to you and introduced to Wes. And yeah. um, before I knew it, was working with some really incredible musicians. So uh, it's just crazy how quickly things can kind of line up sometimes when you have a product that you believe in and you have some good folks behind it. Definitely. Um, so that, that all, although short lived, I think we did a lot of, a lot of stuff and proved to ourselves how much we could do in a short time. I think mm -hmm. we had some pretty big sites set that we wanted to get an EP recorded and wanted to play gigs. And, you know, we had the whole plan mapped out, but, um, I think life, life had another plan and we all kind of gone our separate ways since then. But, um, the times that we did have together, man, were just incredible. Some of the music we were able to make and, the one time that we did actually get to play out as a full band. Um, definitely something I'll hold on to for a long time. Yeah, that was really great being able to meet you. Anna, John, Wes, like we made some really great music. <clears throat> and uh, like you said, uh, having that show, having that gig, um, that, that was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, that was like one of the first times I was playing like uh, that type of feel you know when it comes to music uh that r&b feel um yeah and i think that's a lot uh, of what anna brought to the table just because she has such a soulful voice um i think it just it fits so well and we really didn't know exactly what we wanted the sound to be going into it but i think it just kind of defined itself as we started to add people yeah um and it's it's kind of cool how that happens. You never really know where something's going to go until you, you have all the members in. And it could take a completely different form than you originally thought. For sure. But, yeah, man, from the get-go, me, 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 you, just I just knew, man, you're a great guy. You're a great musician, too. So thank you, man. So uh, this was called the Prima, Prima Roses. The primroses. Um, primroses. That's cool. Yep. And that ended, um, you know, uh, it sounds like a couple months ago, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, just a couple months, things kind of fizzled out. We were working with Anna, um, who's based out of Detroit. So, you know, you had some of that, the postal service challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or... totally understand. So, so what are you up to lately since then? So since then, I've been actually kind of taking a little bit of a hiatus the past couple months, just uh, really trying to center myself as a musician and figure out what I want to be doing. Um, like I said, started out on the guitar and then went over to bass and then kind of always had this love and passion for playing the guitar and always come back to it. But uh, probably the past year and a half or so, I've started playing the drums and really found a lot of love for that. So really? I, I just find myself all over the place and really wanted to spread, spread myself out. But um, it takes the time to really master each of those instruments. So that's where I'm 
trying to find myself now is what what do I want to be playing and where do I want to be spending my time because I don't have time for all of it. <laughs> so what's this music scene like down there? I, I've never even heard of this city. Yeah, it's a small little town. Uh, it's always growing. Um, so Asheville kind of has its roots in, well, it's right in the Appalachian Mountains. So you picture any bluegrass or Appalachian style music. That's really what the city's founded on. So you still see a lot of that here today. Um, you can pretty much go out any given night of the week and there will be some type of gigging band out playing either bluegrass or something close to it. But the city's expanding at a pretty crazy rate. And as that's happening, you're having a lot of people come in and kind of bring their own influence to the city as well. So since coming down here... Um, I've gone out and seen a bunch of funk bands. I've seen a couple hip hop artists, um, a lot of alternative bands. I mean, there's a, there's a punk scene. Um, so it's really just expanding in terms of the types of music that you can see down here. Um, and there are also a couple bigger venues where they bring a lot of, you know, national touring acts that come through. I just saw Buckethead the other night, if you guys are familiar with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, saw, um, I saw John's uh, story. Yeah, this rings a bell. Oh, yeah, he was just shredding with his KFC bucket on his head for two hours, and he pretty much... So does he Does he have drumsticks? Does he play his own head? He should, <laughs> but he just has a pretty bad, like, backing band on uh, his uh, iPod okay. playing. So it's just him up uh, on the stage, but he did have a pretty sweet, like, nunchuck break, where for five minutes he was just doing some nun- nunchuckery. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh... I saw that too. That it's that pretty crazy. crazy. I don't know where that came from, but we're yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> was he fighting anybody or was he just solo up there? Um, unless he was fighting somebody in his head, he was up there solo, but who knows what's going on <laughs> in that bucket. Maybe he was. Yeah, who knows what's yeah, going on hilarious. in the bucket, man. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like I was saying, it's just uh, you never really know what you're going to get when you go out here because um, – I think they said something I heard on the radio the other day. There's something like between 25 and 30 people a day moving down here. Um, and over the next five years, they expect the city to almost double in terms of size. So wow. it's just that. And is this, Rob, is this the first time that you ever moved to a new city? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I went to school in Pennsylvania, so I spent some time out there and then lived in Allentown, PA, for two and a half years. So still pretty close to home, but this is my first time really kind of taking the plunge and going somewhere far. Yeah, yeah. So I understand you relocated too, right, Skylar? Yeah, I'm out here in Chicago. That was my first big move. How long you been there for? Uh, It's coming up on three years now. I really love it. That's awesome, man. I've been there a couple times, and what I love – Chicago in the same way I love Asheville you can go to so many different neighborhoods and just get uh, a bunch of different things like it's like a bunch of mini cities in one almost (laughs) yeah totally yesterday Cinco de Mayo everyone uh, was getting their Cinco de Mayo on with tacos and everything it was fantastic just tacos no drinking or anything involved (laughs) well maybe some of that too (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah man it's it's crazy how many musicians are down here. That's one of the first things I noticed. Um, as soon as you land in Nashville, wow. it's going to be one of the first things you see. There's just such a saturation of musicians that um, you have a lot of people busking on the streets. Um, 
there a couple years back there was a big push to make that legal down here because in a lot of cities that's actually illegal to play on the streets for money yeah um but just with the vast population of musicians that they have down here they made a really big push and they started a collective so now there's something like i think 4000 people in the Asheville Buskin collective um so they meet monthly and kind of talk about what they can do to try to better improve their conditions but um yeah you you see a lot of different stuff out on the streets a lot of different artists really just trying to make themselves stand out from the crowd um so that's kind of that kind of fits in with some of the challenges that i've seen down here too just with there being that many musicians it's definitely competitive in terms of trying to get gigs and the gigs that are out there are not necessarily paid so um, definitely some challenges around that, but I, I think it's a good level of competition and it kind of keeps things interesting and you have new music constantly funneling in. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome that they're able to have that coalition and uh, really push for that. Yeah, absolutely. And since I've come down here, I've started to see just some, how some of the smaller scenes operate and particularly the hip hop scene, which is probably one of the smaller ones down here. But some of the artists that I have met are really talented and they, they do bring a lot to the table. So yeah, um, that's kind of where I've been trying to spend my time now is um, we've had a couple little ciphers at the house just to get, get people introduced and get people working together. Um, John's been working on producing beats. So um, trying to get those out to some of the local artists and see if anything could come from that. So again, kind of the theme of just really throwing, throwing myself out there in any direction that I think I could be useful in, um, yeah. which has kind of led me to this like pseudo manager role with a local artist. Um, his name is Teso and his band's called Chiltonic. Um, he's got a really cool vibe to him. He, he's a singer, guitar player, and he also raps, he beatboxes. So when he plays solo, he does all of that um, on stage just himself. Um, so it's pretty cool to see one guy up on stage and you have a wall of sound coming towards you. Um, but he keeps a lot of that with his band as well. They have like, a, I would say like a reggae, reggae blues. Um, man, they're kind of all over the place with their musical influences. And I think that's what makes them so cool. And, and what were they called again? Their band's called Chill Tonic. Chill Tonic. Um, Chill Tonic, yep. And they'll, uh, they'll definitely, definitely be playing down here uh, this summer. Um, their bass player is still in college, so once he gets back down here, they're going to be looking to hit it hard in terms of playing out down here. Mm. And they want to get a little tour together for this summer, too. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, but again, it kind of it just comes to how hungry you are because the opportunities down here are scarce. So we're trying to push them as hard as we can and just uh, try to find the opportunities for them to play. Yeah, well, I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. But I know you guys have the drive. Uh, bunch of young, smart, talented guys. All right, I wouldn't include smart in there, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Teso, Teso, yep, T E S O, nice and Chill Tonic, Teso and Chill Tonic, yep. Um, 
So hopefully be uh, getting some digital stuff together with them soon. They've been recording a bit lately and working on some videos. So they're in the process right now of just trying to get all the, all the stuff you need to take yourself to a venue or to a record label and show them what you're all about. Yeah. I hear that. Good for you, man. And how, and how do you spell the name of that city? It's a A S H E V I L L E. Okay. Yep. Let's see. Um, have you heard of So Far Sounds? So Far Sounds. It's a studio they have down here. I don't think it's a studio. I, maybe there's one called that, but So Far Sounds is an organization that curates intimate gigs all around the world. Mm-hmm. And there are members to this service, and they get like tapped for invites to these intimate gigs with popular artists. And I actually just went to one of these things last night and uh it looks like there's a so far in Asheville. okay yeah i mean it's it's now that you're uh speaking of it i definitely have heard of it i think anna was actually the one telling me about it um yeah i i've seen that too i I follow them on instagram oh there you go so there's a uh there's a part of their website that you can click on and it talks about how you can become a performer with them Oh, that's very cool. Um, you should really check that out. Yeah, definitely. What What do you think are the advantages to getting involved with them? It sounds like they do some pretty cool underground shows. What are some of the other, um, like the appeal that they bring to the table? Well, it says that they're a like-minded community of music lovers in 408 cities. And um, yeah, they're going to help broker like locations and audiences that are into the type of music that you register yourself as. Mm. That's cool. So how, how does it work then once they have a gig book, do they only tell a certain like select few people, Hey, this show is going to be here and you should come check it out. Yeah. That's the impression I got is like, while, you know, hundreds of people or whatever might be signed up, they'll only notify I don't know, a small percentage of that to keep it exclusive. And that way you get people who are like really psyched to be there. That's really cool. That's definitely something I'll have to look into. Um, Yeah. S-O-F-A-R. Yep. S-O-F-A-R. Yeah. As a, both as a fan and a musician, I think it'd be really cool to check that out because that's one of the harder things to, to find. Like I'll sit here for half an hour, an hour sometimes just trying to find a show that I'd be interested in going to see sometimes just because there are so many different shows going on any given night. Right. right, Um, Yeah. Within five miles of my house, there have to be probably 20 or 30 venues. So, wow. um, So that's the other thing is these types of shows are not typically held at like public places. In fact, um, like the one I went to yesterday was in a residential neighborhood and oh, cool. it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite a basement show or anything like that. It was cause it was at a church that had been converted into a loft. Mm. 
That's pretty so, cool. It, yeah, it was pretty hip place. I'm not going to lie. But, like, I got the impression that most gigs are like that in the sense that they're not in public venues that have high visibility. That's cool. So they're working really hard to keep it keep it exclu- exclusive and keep, keep it, it underground. Key, yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, that's awesome. That's what it looks like. I, I've been, I've been uh, hearing about them for, for a while. Yeah. And they also they also yeah. have their own uh, their own like uh, drum technology. They have their own drum uh, uh, triggers that I've been uh, keeping track of, and I want to and want to get my hands on uh, later down the road. Do you know what's different about them from other drum triggers? Um, they different. It, they differentiate uh the hits on the on the head so every section of the head can uh trigger something different oh that's cool so that gives you a lot of flexibility and makes it as authentic as it can be in terms of playing exactly and that's on every head of the drum you could do that so like with on one head you have like up to like 12 triggers or 12 sounds so then you can multiply that by uh, however many you want however many triggers you want to put on there yeah yeah or however many drums you want to have but and and then you can digitally manipulate all of that so you can go in and create any sound for it pretty much yeah Correct. So I could have like a goat noise, like a <laughs> car horn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Spend a lot of money to have goats on my drums. <laughs> Some expensive goats. But <laughs> worth it. Definitely worth it. <laughs> when, when, when the drop comes, man, it'll be worth it. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a sheep, but it's yeah. all right. <laughs> That'd be a good uh, dubstep drop right there. <laughs> but no Buckethead was playing some dubstep the other night. I was pretty impressed. Really? I couldn't believe some of the sounds he got out of his guitar. It didn't sound like anything I've heard out of a guitar before. He just had so many pedals in line that it, it sounded like a laser show at one point. And I just <laughs> it was standing there trying to figure out how one man was making all this sound. Man. But if you want to see some something quintessential Asheville, you have to check out Abby the Spoon Lady. Happy the Spoon Lady. Abby, A B B E Y. Yeah, Abby the Spoon Lady. She's a a local. Um, I don't think she's right from Asheville. She's from the surrounding area, but she plays the spoons on her lap, and she does it in a way that is just so impressive that. I think she had a video go viral on Facebook like a couple weeks back and she got a couple million views on it just because it's such a unique thing and it's not something you really see anymore. So I think people really appreciate the authenticity that she brings um, that kind of shows the background of the city. Um, so I definitely recommend checking her out. She plays with a guitar player named Chris Rodriguez um, and they, they play all the time. I see them downtown at least once a weekend playing at some of the local spots. Mm. See, Abby. This is what I love about 
like the passage of time with respect to like music and talent is that like as the bar or as people catch up to where the bar is it just has to keep getting raised higher and higher so unique talent like that emerges from the competition exactly yeah kind of kind of to what i was speaking to before is when you have such a saturated place you really have to do your work to stand out from the crowd um exactly. but at the same time you have to keep it authentic to who you are and i think that's the challenge oh man you're touching upon things that we talked about in uh previous episodes i like it like like take my favorite example of this is system of a down who like took elements of like wildly political lyrics with like Armenian folk music and heavy metal. And they put it all into one melting pot and like no one had ever heard anything like that before. And never will again. And that's what makes it so cool. Exactly. Yo, speaking of, speaking of this, did you guys see this video of, uh, there's a guitar player out there who's playing with a slide ring. He's playing overhand. And his guitar sounds like a gospel singer. Hmm. No, it I've not like seen a that. It's a girl singing gospel. It's, so, it's got 89,000 views. It'll probably blow up in the next couple of weeks. But this, this video is sick. All you got to do is just look up, um, I don't know, guitar that sounds like gospel singer. Mm. I'll be checking that out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Three days ago, this thing is going to blow up. It's already got 90,000 views. (laughs) Man, it's incredible how people reinvent things that you think everything's been done with it. Like a guitar. What else can you do with it? It came out 50, what, 60 years ago, and, and they're still innovating. Yeah, it's great. Same thing with drums. Drums are probably the oldest instruments Def- yeah definitely the oldest yeah and they're still doing things to it that are just blowing my mind manipulating its sound and now it manipulating its authenticity before like they they ventured off with like electronic drums but now they're trying to they're bring it back and make a hybrid and i really appreciate that like hybrid drum are the thing they're the future yeah definitely and i mean just all the things you could do with an electronic kit i had one in my room for a little bit and would love just messing around on that thing and the fact that you can go in and within a kit change each drum sound and its pitch uh, it's just pretty incredible i don't think people ever would have envisioned that when they first started playing the kit (laughs) yeah um, but now, now that we're talking drums, it made me think about something else that's pretty Asheville. Um, every Friday night at one of the main parks downtown, they'll have a drum circle um, where anyone can bring their own drum and they'll just, for three, four hours, just they'll go hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and checked it out on this past Friday night for a little bit because I had some friends in town. And it's it's definitely interesting. It's uh Got some good hippie vibes to it. A lot of people just kind of dancing around, probably and... hooping and like fire and stuff. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. We 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 know we know the whole nine. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a, a very Asheville thing, but it's it's cool nonetheless. I love to take people to that when they're down here. 
Yeah, yeah I'd love to check that out, man, and definitely uh, participate in that. Yeah, that's definitely on my bucket list while I'm down here is get down there and play one time. I just got to – Yo, Carnell, when are we going down to North Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we can make that happen very easily. Well, Let's I got the spot for you guys to crash, so. Word. We can go yeah, take the drum circle by storm. Yeah, exactly. Man. They won't even know what's what's hitting them. Uh, the drums. <laughs> <laughs> what would you play if you went? I always thought about trying to bring a full kit and how cool that would be, but it's usually people with gem bays and a couple yeah. cajones and if uh, you should be triangle guy. Triangle guy. <laughs> My favorite was Woodblock Guy, and he was there just keeping time <laughs> the entire time. If uh, if I drive down, I can, uh, I can bring my kit. Oh, man. They wouldn't know what to do. We should definitely make that happen. We'll just have, like, three full kits set up at the drum circle. <laughs> we'll play a couple breakdowns, and we'll just see what happens. Dude, that would be awesome. Skylar, we would have to break drum circle rules just so Skylar could rip it on bass. <laughs> it's percussive enough if you slap it, so that'll do. Oh, he, can, he can slap it. Skylar, you can do that. Yeah, the bass is, a perc- is in some regards, a percussive instrument. Yeah, it's part of the rhythm section anyway. Exactly, that's what I mean. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're going to get this cracking. Cool, man. Well, keep me in the loop because I would love to have you guys down here. I think there's a lot I could show you that um, you might not get in other cities. I'm definitely curious to uh, hear what you think of the music scene in Chicago, Skylar, because that's something that I was hoping to check out while I was out there and didn't really have the time to. So let's see. The music scene in Chicago. It is extremely diverse a ton of stuff going on every night and it's like going to an all you can eat buffet (laughs) (laughs) and trying to figure out alright let's see do I want the meat or the salmon Exactly. Like, like, what kind of protein are you feeling? Like yesterday, for example, um, I went to this show and it was and it was this, uh, like you were saying before about one of your old bands. It was like a neo soul, hip hop, R and B kind of thing, and um, I was feeling it. And I met a lot of interesting people over there, and I actually got hooked up with one of the performers that did not have a bass player. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But yeah, like it's just stuff like that, you know, just like chill stuff that I've been checking out. Um, oh yeah, Carnell, I told you about this guitar player that I met last week in my grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see where that goes. She emailed me back, so I got a lot of interesting prospects coming up just just through networking and, and getting out there and stuff. So it's it's uh something that you can easily tap into if you just you know, get out there and start talking to people. Definitely. I would encourage everyone listening to this podcast, all my uh, 
all my audience out there, especially the uh, the local musicians, to just go out there, talk to people, start that conversation. Oh yeah, and I probably should plug this guy. His name is uh, L.A. Van Gogh. L.A. Van Gogh. Like the artist, like uh, you know, like Vince. Yeah. Or- yeah, exactly. That's a pretty cool name. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I have to. Uh, I have to correct myself on this one. I, I, I said earlier that um, so far had uh, the sensory percussion for like the drum triggers, and uh, that was false. It's uh, this company called uh, Sunhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Now I know where to get my goat noise machine. Uh, yeah, Sunhouse. Uh, they produce sensory percussion, which is exactly what I was talking about. It's just uh, a trigger that you could put on your drum, and on the head has its own individual uh, sounds. Uh, you have like at least like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, uh, eight, nine, ten, ten. Like ten sounds on one drum head. Shit. And, wow. and, you, and you can modulate every every single every single last one of them and customize them and everything like that. Man, that's a lot to keep track of if you have that on every drum. <laughs> yeah, you have to be uh, somewhat of a genius. <laughs> so you, you guys cover. know Jordan Jordan Rudis uh, is a keyboard player who plays in Dream Theater, and like on some of his tracks, he'll use as many as. 37, he said, different keyboard sounds and effects just in one song. That's a lot. (laughs) So, like, people do it, you know what I mean? Of course, he's, like, a prodigy, but, like, people do it. Yeah, you're right. But uh, Sensory Percussion by Sunhouse. Check it out. Speaking of those electronic drums, did you see the drums, man, that, like, you, you just set up, like, two almost like motion sensors and then you just sit down and you play on the air yeah i've seen that that was introduced at uh nam this year what do you guys think about those uh i think those are like cool because of like what they can actually do but uh what 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 purpose do they serve practically you know i guess other than like a a, a practicing purpose you could practice with them but i would never gig or anything with well, that. mobility right yeah i guess the big one is mobility like they would have to make that technology a lot better i for me uh to even start to think about gigging with it yeah i can i can definitely speak to that too i've played them a couple times um one of my good friends mike back in new jersey um if I give him a quick plug, he's got a record label, um, North third studios. He does a lot of recording out of there. Um, and he had him set up in his house and I was like, Oh man, I got to play with this thing. But the responsiveness was something that I found a little bit challenging where you would do a fill and it would just take just long enough to register that it would kind of throw off what you were going to play next. Really? So a couple of milliseconds, a couple milliseconds is all it would take. Just, uh, oh, I guess depending, problem. 
Yeah, depending on the rig that you have it connected to and how you're um, outputting the audio. But if you have um, headphones connected, like to your computer, it might be better. But you're playing that. So it goes direct into a computer. Yep, exactly. Uh, Direct into a PC. Ah, so Um, you need to carry something. It's not just laser beams. Nope, no laser beams yet. But (laughs) it's still cool. I mean, if you can. If you're just playing around in your room and you can't have a full kit, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. I'm just thinking about, like, you know, points of failure. Like, if you were to gig with these things, like, you want to minimize, you know, points of failure and stuff. And if you it's like, it's just one more problem that could go wrong. Yeah, a lot of people do it, though. I mean, especially a lot of the electronic artists. That's what yeah. <laughs> their main they, deal. Yeah. They'll have four iMacs up there. and <laughs> So expensive. Yeah. It is. You think it'd be cheaper to not have a full band and all the gear, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, when you break it, when you break it all down, right? Yep. But I'm definitely gonna have to check out Asheville uh, with my buddy Skyler here, and uh, we might even, uh, you know, do a, a cast from down there. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Now we're talking. Let's get uh, Robbie Skorga on a call, too. It's funny you mentioned him. I was literally talking to him early today. Dope. Oh, I miss That's him, awesome. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should, all, we should all go down there. Shit. That would be really cool. Let's do a weekend. Well, if you guys are talking about bringing all this talent down here, you know I'm going to have to try to get you a gig, too. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, get out there a little bit. That'd be cool. Well, the next couple months, uh, really good time to be down here. There are a lot of tourists in town, um, which is something you have to deal with, but that's kind of what the city's really built around. So um, it's cool. It brings a lot of fresh faces in. Yep, exactly. Sweet. Yeah, Yeah. guys, let's set that up. You already here first. Got to check it out. Asheville, North Carolina, blowing up. Big things coming out of there. Blowing up. Pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) All right, guys. I'm going to call it. All right. Rob, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the talk, guys. Really appreciate it. It was a good time. Anytime, man. Anytime. And, um... Oh, yeah. Sit down, tune of the week. You got to send them in. Yeah. You, um, let me, uh, you're going to have to send uh, your tune of the week, Rob, what you've been listening to. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll shoot you something right after we get off. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm also going to give you a little bit of further instruction uh, once we get off uh, this call, but, dude, it was so great having you on and, and uh, having you talk and, and, and tell your story and uh, uh, just what you've been doing and what you've been uh, 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 helping everyone out uh, down there. So let's yeah, do it. Man, I appreciate the opportunity and I think you guys are doing a really great thing by getting this started up and talking about local music and how people can really start to kind of help each other because I think that's, 
that's what it takes to be a successful musician. So big, uh, big ups to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Cool. It's been realer than real, guys. All right. I'm going to sign off. Good night, guys. All right. Good night, guys. Talk to you soon. What's up, everybody? This is Skylar with my Sunday night sit-down tune of the week. This one's called Sun Goddess by Earth, Wind, and Fire plus Ramsey Lewis. I first heard about this song when my friend told me that she found a vinyl record on the sidewalk in San Francisco. She picked the record up, took it home, and this was the first track on the record. Check it out. Hi, my name is Rob, and this is my Get in the Groove Sunday Night Sit-Down Tune of the Week. Everything Looks Better in Hindsight by The Wild Reads. Thank you to everyone who listened to this week's episode of Get in the Groove Sunday Night Sit-Down with Skylar and my buddy Rob. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time.